It's What's the Point from 538. My name is Jody Avergan. I'm still on jury duty, so no new interview, but we've got a couple special things lined up for you this week. In a minute, you'll hear a recent episode of the Song Exploder podcast from friend of the show, Rishikesh Hirway. He actually wrote the music for this podcast. You hear his name in the credits every week. And in Song Exploder, he talks to musicians about how a song of theirs comes together. It's one of my favorite, favorite podcasts. Rishi recently spoke with Rivers Cuomo of Weezer, who, as it happens, has a very data-y way of writing his songs. Coded spreadsheets and formulas, there's just a lot of nerdy rigor to it. So it's kind of wild, and we figured we'd play that episode for you, since it fits with What's the Point, if you haven't heard it. Before we do that, though, an update on a recent episode. You may remember that I spoke with Ben Ratliff, music critic for The New York Times, about how algorithmic listening is changing our relationship with music. He is generally skeptical of what the Spotify algorithms can deliver. And here's a little bit of our exchange. Okay, so let's go back to the thing about um, emotional programming, uh-huh. you know, music for sad moods, music for happy moods, whatever. Right, and there is a mood tab on Spotify. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I think that in reality, emotions are often paradoxical. In other words, you can feel a kind of defeated joy. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, like, that's actually how emotions work, I think. But the streaming services are not going to be able to sell that to you because that's too complicated a, a thought. I bet, you know what? I bet you Defeated Joy will be a tab on Spotify within the next five years. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Well, the Spotify robots may not have figured out Defeated Joy just yet. That's a phrase from Hamlet, by the way. I didn't realize that during the interview. But anyway, I thought I would take a crack at it. So I made a playlist and I bought for $12 DefeatedJoy.com. You can go there right now and hear my Defeated Joy playlist and also submit any songs or playlists of your own that fit that theme. We already have a few up there. DefeatedJoy.com. Help us confound the Spotify algorithm together and also listen to some good music. Okay, we're going to hear a special episode of Song Exploder soon. But first, a word from our sponsor. What's the Point is brought to you by the Black Tux. The problem with wearing a rental tuxedo is that it looks like a rental tuxedo, and everybody knows it. You may be trying to hide it, but everyone kind of knows it. But what if there was a way to get quality-crafted Italian wool suits and tuxedos rented to you online? The Black Tux was created for people like you who deserve quality-crafted Italian threads along with knowledgeable customer service. And the best part is it's hassle-free, all done online. I would say that's actually tied for best part because the other part is that these are really, really nice suits. They feel great. I've got my hands on them. They make you look really sharp and they make you feel like, you know, you're an adult who is classy and can dress yourself. So to get started, visit theblacktux.com and select from complete looks or build your own piece by piece. Prices start at just $95. If you have any questions about fitting, their customer service can help you with that. And then after you've ordered, your suit will arrive seven days before your event, which leaves plenty of time to try it on and work with the Black Tux if you need to make any alterations. When the event's over, you just ship your tux or suit back in the box it came in for free. It's that easy. It is really easy. Visit theblacktux.com slash point and experience a new way to rent great clothing. Theblacktux.com slash point. 
Now, on with the show, we present Rishikesh Hirway and Rivers Cuomo of Weezer on Song Exploder. Summer Lane and Drunk Dory is a song on Weezer's 10th album, the self-titled White Album, which came out on April 1st, 2016. For this episode, I spoke to Weezer's frontman, Rivers Cuomo, at his home studio in Santa Monica. He showed me all the different demo versions that this song went through, as he detailed his meticulous process, which includes an array of spreadsheets that he uses to collect, analyze, and harvest his ideas. My name's Rishi K. Shirway. You're listening to Song Exploder. My name is Rivers Cuomo. I play electric guitar and I sing. One of the first things I did was I looked in my Spotify playlist that is a collection of songs I've heard that have cool chord progressions. I'm going to go back and basically farm those songs for cool chord progressions. So I looked in there and there's a song called Walk Away Renee by The Left Bank. And then I kind of go back and, and replay it like Weezer style with, with my distorted guitar. I noticed that the file name of this first demo that Rivers was playing was called Awaken Early. I asked him where that name came from. We want the identity of the original song to be obscured, so I'm not influenced by it when I'm writing my own melody. Yet we wanted the working title to resemble the original title so that if for some reason, say for example, we're on Song Exploder someday and we want to go back and find that original song, we can kind of make it out from the working title. We use an anagram generator online. <laughs> so Walk Away Renee became Awaken Early. Now, when I come back looking for a chord progression to write over some weeks later, I don't see the original name of the song, so I'm not reminded of the original tune. All I have to listen to is my distorted guitar playing this really beautiful chord progression, and I don't remember where it came from. And then I'll do, like, just vocal improvisation over the guitar chords until I come up with a cool melody just like singing and singing and scatting and searching for a melody that, that makes me feel great. You see all these walls are mirrored behind you so I can you know, do all these crazy poses and stuff and get in the mood. I always have to have like all the doors sealed up. I put a do not disturb sign out there. And there's like a lot of really embarrassing stuff on those recordings. Anybody? Sometimes I feel like on a piano or a guitar, I can come up with melodies that are even a little stronger, a little more dramatic. And, and sometimes it's because on a piano, you can play a melody that's harder to sing. So if 
if you hear something, you can uh, get it out on the, uh, a big octave jump on the piano or something that your your uh, vocal muscles just might be a little too lazy to to think of. I don't have a lot of facility on the piano, so I, I, I'm, I can kind of tell what melody I want to play, but um, I, I'm stumbling, playing a lot of wrong notes, feeling around for it. So now I got the melody, chord progression and melody for a chorus. And I'm reminded of a quote from Lady Gaga who said something like, when you're writing, just start with the chorus, because if the chorus isn't great, then you're screwed anyway. I have a spreadsheet of song titles, hundreds and hundreds of song titles, and I'm always adding to it. Sometimes it's a thought I have, something I want to say that comes out as a song title, or I hear somebody say something. And, and that's what happened in this case. It was the last day of school Last day of my daughter's second grade, they were having a party by a pool at one of the kids' house, and my daughter's teacher was there, and she was drinking white wine and talking to some of the other moms there. She told the story that her husband has two names for her. There's the school year Elaine, who's super stressed out and scary, and then there's summer Elaine, who's totally relaxed and fun. And this is the last day of school, so she's turning into Summer Lane. And then one of the other moms was there and said, oh, yeah, my husband has two names for me, and the second one of which is Drunk Dory, because when I drink, I'm tons of fun. So my songwriter radar started beeping like crazy, Summer Lane and Drunk Dory. I put it in my phone and ended up in my spreadsheet. And then I open up this chord progression and this melody that I love, and I look over my spreadsheet of song title ideas. First of all, I have to find one that's roughly the right number of syllables and with the right accents on the right syllables. And I identify those ones, and then I just start singing them and seeing which ones have the right chemistry with the melody and the chord progression. Summer Elaine, it was a little bit of an awkward fit, and I was anxious about that at first, because summer is strong weak. But the melody is like, bum, bum, weak, strong, da, da, na, 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 na. So you can definitely get away with stuff like that. But at the very top of a chorus, the more natural it all flows, usually the better. That Then it becomes a singer's job to like really make it feel natural and sell it and make it interesting. Summer late and drunk story, when I'm feeling lonely, I don't want to go. Okay, so I have another spreadsheet of lines, things I want to say, or things I've read in a book, or heard on a TV show or a movie. A lot of it is taken right out of my journals. I do stream of consciousness in the morning for 25 minutes. I started in 2010 after reading The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. It's called Morning Pages, which is basically stream of consciousness. So yeah, that's been great. And then I come back at a later time, maybe the next day, with a highlighter, totally detached. I don't really care what I was talking about. I just look for really cool lines. I highlight those. 
then they end up in the spreadsheet. But that doesn't mean they're going to end up in a song. It just means it's, I think it's a cool line and it gets in the spreadsheet. So then there's a couple thousand lines. Right now I have them all tagged by how many syllable each line has, if it's accented or unaccented to start, or the last two syllables also, is it strong, weak, or weak, strong, that sort of thing. Everything's tagged and searchable. So I knew I had this melody. Oh, she left me here. So one, two, three, four, five. Strong, weak, strong. So I, I can search for lyrics that have five syllables and start with an accent. She was out too deep. Oh, she swam away. So then the answer phrase is six syllables. So I made a, a long list of lines that would fit there. When lightning struck the bay. She left me all alone. It sounds like something happened in my life, and then I observed it, and then I wrote a song about it, and it's coherent. There's a beginning, middle, and end. And that's totally not the case at all. It's um, all Each line is from a completely different place, and I just reassembled them in some order that suggests a story that never happened. <laughs> it's a crazy way to write. This is the way I came up with a guitar solo. Instead of playing the guitar, I sing. Before I said I come up with a lot of my vocal melodies on the piano or the guitar, the reverse is also true. If I just go to play a solo on a guitar, often it turns into just a wank fest and, you know, like the same old muscle memory licks you've heard a zillion times and it's not interesting. But if I sing it, I'm much more restricted in where I can go and how fast the solo will be. Um, and it's going to have space in it because I have to breathe. And it's going to be something you can sing along to because it was created by a voice. But guitar can go a lot higher than my voice. So when I originally scat the solo, it's in a lower octave. And then I go back and pitch it up an octave because I, I need to learn it on guitar. So I need to hear it in that higher octave. Yeah, and again, it's like I have all the doors closed and I'm, you know, it's like 100 degrees in here in the summer. There's no AC, shirts off, like jumping around, air guitar. So Rivers had come up with all the melodies and the words for the song, but there was a problem. The verse melody was pretty low for his voice. I don't have like a range that's compelling low or super high. There's like the sweet spot where I'm really trying and it sounds good, but it's actually a pretty small range, so it, it gets tricky. So this is the uh, solution. change. It seemed totally absurd. Like you can't do that. 
I associate key modulations in and out of choruses with the 1980s, the pop music that was around when I was a teenager. And it just seems totally verboten for a 90s alt rock band to do that kind of trickery. And because so often it's used for to like create some kind of emotion in a really insincere way. But then we tried it in the room on an acoustic guitar and it was like, yeah, that that's really cool. And in a way, it sounds kind of familiar for Weezer, too. I just really love that um, compositional moment into the chorus and then into the second verse, into the second chorus, and there's all these key changes. And, man, I never get to do that, so it's, it's really nice. Brian Bell plays electric guitar and he does backup vocals. Scott Triner is bass and backup vocals, and Pat Wilson is the drummer. I really appreciate the power of democracy. The songwriter, in this case me, with the best of intentions, can limit the creativity of the other members of the band because you're attached to your original demo or you had this vision for how you thought it was going to go. And in any case, you're just one brain and, and you just have this one limited perspective. But politically in the room, you have more power than everyone else. Even with the best of intentions, other people are going to think like, well, I guess he wrote the song. So if he doesn't like what I'm doing, then maybe I shouldn't do it. So it was very helpful for those guys to get time in the studio with our producer, Jake, Jake Sinclair, without me to come up with their own parts and I don't hear it until they're done with their parts then I get to listen back and in most cases I'm just blown away by how cool and fresh and layered and complex everything has become Jake has worked with each of the four guys separately, recording their parts, really crafting them so they all interlock just perfectly, and it's all very carefully thought through. And what we have is a pretty great recording. What it is lacking is that feeling of spontaneity and background chatter and just off-the-cuff ideas that you get when you have four guys jamming in a room. So... We do at least a few takes where it's me, Scott, and Brian all standing around a mic or several mics, and we just do a couple passes through the song where, you know, you can do whatever you want. Crazy sounds, hip-hop ad-libbing, of course, harmonies, anything that comes to your mind. And we end up with many tracks of all this crazy stuff. I, I gotta admit, Brian's pretty awesome with these freaky ad libs. Oh, <laughs> Come back go. to me. <laughs> if somebody asked me what the song was about, I would say I'm trying to write songs that I don't understand. So if I could answer that question and tell you what it was about, then I failed as a songwriter. I want to enjoy my own songs and 
once I feel like I totally understand the song and, and there's no mystery there, then uh, I can't really enjoy it anymore. So I, I like to create these enigmatic three-minute adventures that have me scratching my head for years. Weezer song is Summer Elaine and Drunk Dory. If you want to find the full song, it's on Spotify or YouTube or wherever it's on the internet. You can go find it. Thanks again to Rishikesh Hirway for letting us run that episode. Thanks to Rivers Cuomo for being so nerdy. And yes, of course, subscribe to the Song Exploder podcast, which is part of the excellent Radiotopia podcast network from PRX. That's it for now. I promise I will be back next week with a new interview. In the meantime, don't forget about DefeatedJoy.com. It's a shocker that was available, but now I own it and the playlists are up there. DefeatedJoy.com. My name is Jody Avergan. You can find all of our podcasts at 538.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening. See you soon. <laughs>